a lot harder to do than having a guest on, I think. But you know your stuff. Oh, so. I didn't even I didn't even think of it that way. It's, it's just me just just talking about sports. You know, that's how I saw it for a while until like the pandemic. I had more time on my hands, so I started to get more into it and started to take it more seriously. So. Same. That's the same thing. That <laughs> COVID, the, the positive upside of COVID has been that. Right. Um, yeah. The same, same with me. I, I just started really diving more deeply into it and, and I'm still, I've done so many, I've done a quite a few number of episodes right now, but I feel like I keep getting better each episode. I'm still very much kind of new to the whole podcasting world, but it's been, um, it's been really, really fun and I just like it. I enjoy it. But yeah, but it's not yeah. about accom- it's not about accomplished people. It's about having something to say, right? It's about having conversations. Yeah. So, so yeah, I would love for you to come on to talk about why you started your podcast and your background and your love of sports and stuff like that. That's awesome. Oh, that's perfect. I mean, we'll we can set that up after the show. Yeah, so let's been, do that. Yeah, I've been looking to get on other podcasts. Just didn't didn't know which more which ones to go on and which where to start you know it's are do, do you have the um do you have the that mailing list called radio hold on what's it called uh radio guest list.com guest list oh radio, that's oh nah i never never heard sign of up that. radio radio guest list.com is is um it's like a newsletter and almost every day they send out a list of all the podcasts that are looking for people as well as a, a spot, like a place where you can post your, you know, talk about yourself to get guests to come on your show. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Might as well go on the campaign trail, you know? <laughs> seriously. Seriously. How long have you been doing your podcast now? Yeah, I've been doing my podcast for two years. That's awesome. About Two and a half years. Nice. And I think I think half the episodes happened within the last year or so. Yeah, I can relate to that too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, so I see you have three seasons. You started the third season today, right? Or was it last week? It's yeah. So I posted kind of a teaser. I'm still working on building out my teasers. Um, but yeah, I posted that and then I posted this episode, um, just today. Yeah. And I don't really know. I mean, by season, I just feel like I've, it's just like a, a defining like between breaks. So, um, when I first started, I had a different format and I had awesome guests. It was just a very different format. And I realized a couple episodes into that, that it wasn't, uh, it wasn't going to be like as sustainable. So then I switched it kind of for like season two. So season two is like my rebrand of like the, of the concept, but I didn't want to get rid of the stuff I had already created. And then now because of COVID, I feel like now I know more of what the hell I'm doing. So, (laughs) yeah. So yeah. So this new season's like, okay, I know what I'm doing. I'm getting better. I took a little bit, I took a little bit of time off because I was super busy with some work stuff, but yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so when did you start your your podcast, and and why did you start it? So, my podcast idea came to be in 2018 when I was in grad school, and it was uh-huh. it was part of it was part of this plan, if you will, to to find my own voice, to create a leadership opportunity for myself, to create a platform for myself. And that was part of my uh, thesis as a communications master, part of my like thesis, if you will, part of my thesis final paper of what am I going to do moving forward to be a leader, to find my voice, to create content, all of these types of things that I always wanted to do. So the podcast idea kind of flourished from that. And it, but it started off, like I said, as a different concept. Okay. Okay. Um, so how did it start out? What kind of concept? So at first it was the, the name of the podcast first was like five things you didn't know. And I kind of wanted it to be oh. a little bit of a listicle 
type of format where I would have guests on and they would just share five things that the listener wouldn't know about that guest or the industry. And I like that format, but I realized that it put me, it put me in like a box too much where guests would come on and they just want to talk and don't necessarily have a list of things that people may or may not know. And it just became a bit, it just felt like it was a bit too forced. Like, okay, yeah. what's, the, what's the next thing that someone doesn't know? You know what I mean? And I didn't want that to be the, the, the flow. And so, but I still like this idea of keeping the, the conversation tight in, in the sense of keeping it structured in a way where things wouldn't just go all over the place and in dialogue, like the conversation wouldn't just flow all over the place. And so I realized, what if I asked, what if I focused my interviews to be five questions of that person or of what they're doing or of the industry or whatever it is? What if I just asked these five questions and that kept the conversation very tight, but still with plenty of room for the guest to share their experiences and share whatever stories they, they would want to share. And it also makes me be a little bit more thoughtful about the conversation, right? Because I know that I'm going to come to the, to the interview with these five questions that I want to ask. And then sometimes there's like smaller follow-up questions, but I guess it's more of like themes. There's like five broad areas that I usually want to cover. And that's how five things became this, the new format that I've been using now for probably the last 12 or 13 episodes. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's all part of the learning and growing process with doing your podcast. Like the more you do it, like the more things you see, you can improve and get better. Uh, it definitely helped me look at other people's podcasts as well. But, yeah, um, for sure. But out of out of all your episodes, like which one's your personal favorite? Oof, that's tough because this came all up been, with that on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> they've the the thing is is that they've all been so different. They've all yeah. the the guests on the show are all doing they do very different things, and they are all. I know the conversation was just, was just different. Um, I think I would say that my second season, all of the people that interviewed there, I really feel like that's my, like I found my stride. Like, wow, I get it. I'm, you know, I'm just yeah. getting better at it. And that's made me enjoy doing those interviews so much more. And, you know, I edit all of my own things. And so you also learn like while I'm talking to the guests, if they need to, if they want to start a uh, comment over to pause and all of these things that have just made editing the episodes so much easier. And that has made it of course, even much more enjoyable because the post part of the podcast is for me is usually the most challenging. The recording part is super fun for me. Uh, the, yeah, no. the, the, the post part of it is still fun, but it's definitely more challenging and takes a lot more time. And I really wanted to find a way to, love that part as well. And so the last probably five, six, seven interviews that I've done, I really felt more in my stride and my zone and my space. And, and I enjoyed those a lot more than I did at the beginning when I felt like, Oh, these, this format is just a bit weird and it's a bit awkward and I'm enjoying it, but I feel that it's, I don't know. I just didn't, I wasn't sure like if, if, if the reader the reader, the listener was going to walk away from that with value, having received something from it. And so, yeah, it's really hard to, because like they're all my babies, all these episodes. So it's really hard to pick which is my favorite. It, it really, truly is hard to do. I'm, I think that episodes that have made me very excited more so than normal are episodes like the one I posted today, season three, where I didn't necessarily know the person beforehand. 
um, all of my other guests were, are people that I've known that I know throughout my life and that are just doing really cool things. And I'm like, Hey, can you, you know, can you be on my podcast? Cause you're doing something really amazing and, or you're just super interesting. And I just want you, to, you know, can you, can you do this for me? Can you come on? And, and I'm over, you know, super grateful that, that they have. And of course they, they help spread the word, which is also helpful for me because I, my marketing hat isn't always on because I'm recording and editing and all of this stuff. So yeah, it's wonderful to have that, you know, the support of people in my space and my network that are, yeah, sure. Of course I'll do your, you know, your podcast. And this most recent episode was different in that. I mean, now of course I know her, but, and it was a w- amazing conversation. She's Satya. She's so interesting and, and just awesome. And now it's like, okay, I know her now. You know, we, we've, we talked, we really got into the conversation and I walked yeah. away just feeling really good about that. Really, really good. Yeah. I mean, I, I started listening to that episode, but I tried to listen to it on my laptop and like, the disc got full and the laptop crashed. So I gotta, <laughs> I gotta keep listening. I gotta keep listening to the episode, but yeah, it was, it was a good start for sure. Um, I guess I could shift to sports now. Like what are your favorite teams and which sports do you follow? Yeah. So I, in general, I, I really, really love sports and I enjoy sports, especially when I can be at the game. Then I'm, oh, yeah, that's the best then I'm 10 <laughs> times more, you know, immersed in it. And I'm sure is almost everyone. And I just love the energy of the game. So yes, I'll, I'll watch games on TV. I'll watch, you know, back in the day, pre COVID when there were sports bars and games on, I would go meet friends and we would go, make a day of it or whatever time the game was on love that i miss that i miss oh that's that's all me and my friends did in college yeah like we just we just but most of our hangouts was just sitting out around watching sports and for really big games we'll go to bars and stuff and it was fun and it's a right it's it's the it's the camaraderie it's the it's the spirit of the game it's the Everything, you know, all the bells and whistles that come with the tailgating, all of the, I love all of that kind of stuff. It's just, for me, it's so much fun. So uh, in terms of, the, and, and now I think with COVID and these bubbles, I think it's a good idea. I think, you know, thank goodness because of that, we have NBA playoffs right now, right? Yeah. Because of, like, because of this bubble. So we can't be at the game, but at least we can, you know, we can, we can still follow the teams. We can you know, keep up with what's going on. We can root for them from our home, you know what I mean? From our homes. So I think this bubble is a good idea. And I was reading that um, the NFL is thinking about doing a postseason bubble or a playoff bubble. And again, I think it's a great idea. People love, Oh yeah. people love, I mean, I'm a fan of sports. I love sports, but I mean, I'm nowhere near some of like, (laughs) the super diehard fanatics, you know, of teams that football is a very, and just sports in general, a super important part of their lives. Right. So, um, so yeah, for all of those people, um, you know, I'd, I'd like that the NFL is considering doing this bubble. I, I think they should, you know, do the whole season, but I'm sure there's logistics or whatever that need to, I guess that would be a know, really big be... bubble if you try to put, all of those teams it'd be and tough, all of but those players. It'd be tough, but not impossible. True, not post- impossible. Not impossible. Yeah, postseason bubble. I, I do like that idea. And the way things are going, they're probably going to have to do that if they want to finish the season, most most likely. Right. Right. And, and I love football for – for the fact that, you know, the schedule of football is great. I love the football schedule, right? It's, it's super easy to fall. It's not like, you know, there's so many baseball games, right? When, when I think about other sports, there's so many games in football, you don't get as many um, games. I know so much buildup. Right. Right. 
And and I feel like by the time the season ends and you get into the new year, it's like boom, Super Bowl's just around the corner. Um, yeah. For yeah, yeah. So for um, the NFL, it's interesting because I've lived in Miami for a thousand years. And I've lived in other places, but for example, right now I'm currently in Miami and I've been here through all of COVID. And so I always want to root for the team, right? For the home team. And it's hard to be a Dolph, you know, Dolphin fan. <laughs> that is oh, true. Man. It's they hard to be a Dolphin fan. It, they right, but it's, it's, um, it's, it tests your, your uh, patience and it tests, the love of the game, I think it's, it could be a bit frustrating. But what was really exciting is that I was part of the Super Bowl host committee in Miami this, I can't believe it was already this February, but it feels like two years ago, to be honest. Oh, man. How, how was that? That's the was, Super Bowl I really wanted to go to, but I just, I didn't save enough money. I didn't have the money to go. I hear you. And it's expensive. Like, super, super, because hotels were all sold out from from way from before and of course prices go up and everything is just Miami's already expensive but things got so much more expensive obviously you know leading up to Super Bowl week but I was a uh, captain in the Super Bowl host committee and it was awesome because I worked my my shifts that I did everyone's like required to do some shifts I did my shifts at the NFL experience which was wonderful um so much fun. I met so many great people and the NFL experience. They did it at the Miami beach convention center. And it was just like, the setup is just mind blowing. And I've been to other uh, NFL experiences before, I believe. And this one really stood out to me because it was just so much more over the top. It was like 1 million square feet of just footballness. And it was very, very cool. And I got to go to the stadium on game day and that was really cool as well because you just see everyone. I saw so many people. You see, you know, celebrities. I had a Beyonce sighting, which was super nice. awesome. Yep. And yeah, it was just, it was such a cool thing to do. And my job was like super unglamorous, right? I was just standing with a sign and telling people where to go basically around the grounds because there's so much going on. And it was, it was, it was crazy to see all the fans coming in from all over the country, right? You had your, you know, your Kansas City Chief, like just all the fans came in. I was rooting for Kansas. Who are you rooting for? I think I was, I was very split. I was back and forth. Uh, I I don't even remember. (laughs) I just wanted a good game. Yeah, same. And I think, I mean, it was, these were like two teams that I, you know, these are not cities that I've lived in or anything like that. So I, I just defaulted to the team that most of my friends have friends from Kansas. So I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm a Kansas fan. Ah, for the, you know, go. so <laughs> that's just how that happens to me a lot with, with, with football and with basketball too, when it gets down to the playoffs and the, the two teams standing, the last two teams standing are uh, not, teams that I'm like super and you know super involved with in the sense of just you know I didn't really keep up with their season or maybe they were from like the western you know different parts of the country and I just haven't kept up with them I usually just default to whatever the team is that my friends are rooting for the underdog team or whatever it is so I have a very weird strategy about picking teams but yeah that was that was such a fun experience I mean people you know, you look at these NFL tickets and you're like, wow, people paid thousands and thousands of dollars for these. And then they paid thousands and thousands. Of, I mean, I think going to the Super Bowl in Miami was like a $20,000 per person ordeal easily oh between, between the tickets themselves. Yeah. And I, and I, I would see families go there, but can you imagine like, um, you know, you have these teams that haven't been in the Super Bowl for 50 years, I think. And you have these, like, I saw a, a grandfather with his son, with his, you know, his little, so it was like three generations. And you just saw this all over the place, all of these families just coming because it's such a moment that you want to remember with your, with your children. And I think that's very, very cool. But these right. tickets were fouls. And they had, like, the because the, I stood 
by one of the entrances where it was like the, the suites, it's like $10,000 or something like that for these tickets. And you see these like families that all travel together. And I'm just sitting here thinking, Oh my goodness. Like, I don't even want to know what. It's so much money. It did all the extra costs too. (laughs) Yeah, no, for, for sure. The hotel, the food, the, the parking, I think was, $200 $200 to park or something. I oh don't my even God. Yeah. Like, like serious. And then ever, all the food and stuff on the grounds, expensive. So mm-hmm. yeah. So people, I think these teams, fans of these teams, the diehard fans, uh, I mean, you really are shelling out. Um, yeah, a definitely. Lot, a lot, a lot of money. I mean, going to a Super Bowl is on my bucket list, but it's just, it's tough. It's going to be tough because, mostly because of money, but hey, maybe yeah. one day. <laughs> I, well, it's in, I, I, you never know, right? I met, a, I met a guy and actually he's, he's quite famous now. And I, and I met him the previous time the Super Bowl was in Miami. I was also on the Super Bowl host committee and that was uh, the the Colts versus the Browns. I can't remember what year, but it was the Colts versus the Browns when they were playing in Miami. And I also worked the, at Super the Bears? Bowl. Yeah. The bears and the Colts. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. And I can't remember who won that one. The, the Colts, the Colts won. So I was, I was on the Super Bowl host committee for that Super Bowl as well. And I met a guy then, and I didn't see him this last time, but I, I thought about him who's been to every single Super Bowl in like ever this guy i think he's like in his Just 70s at the, t- <laughs> at, the, at the time he was in when i you know during that year like again i can't remember what year that was 2005 2006 i don't know during that year i met that man and he yeah he had been to every single super bowl since the beginning of super bowls when super bowl wasn't even televised i believe the very first super bowl was not on television or anything it was not a, it was not a thing and i think tickets were like you know, under a hundred dollars. So yeah, he's, and he has all of the pins. He has all of the Super Bowl pins on his lanyard, you know, where the, you, you hang your, your ticket on this, you know, the lanyard around your neck and he had all of the Super Bowl pins. And I'm just thinking, Oh my, and you know, Oh my goodness. But now I think he gets like some kind of special status. He's like a, he's like a national treasure, this guy. <laughs> um, yeah. Been there. So I, I'd like to think, yeah, I'd like to think that he was there this past year um because I, i'm sure he'd i hope he continues to go until you know his last days but and i think now he's like special and i don't blame him i mean i think the nfl should certainly um encourage this type of commitment right and right. uh yeah so that was really special and i you know it doesn't for him of course it doesn't matter what team it's just the the idea of being there but the with whole that experience, the whole experience of doing that for he's, he's a walking NFL history book really is what he is. Uh, so I wanted to tell you, so when I, when I finished my, like the, the time commitment to being on the Super Bowl host committee, the um, you, you automatically get put into the system for other Super Bowls. So I got an email for the Tampa Super Bowl because Super Bowl is going to be in Tampa next uh, next year. Oh, which, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what I was going to was... tell you is you can sign up. Where, where are you based, actually? I'm not sure where you're based. Uh, Washington, D.C. Oh, I went to grad school in D.C. So I was there. Okay, cool. Oh, which, which school? I went to Georgetown. Oh, okay. See, I, I was working in Georgetown like the last year and a half. Until oh, cool. February, so yeah, that's a great area. Yeah, I love this- it. I loved it. I love DC. I miss DC actually. I would have been up there a bunch of times by now had it not been for COVID. Oh, I mean, I'm sure you'll, you'll be back next year, at, at least for Fourth of July, I assume. <laughs> oh gosh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? But I was going to tell you is you should sign up to be in the Super Bowl host committee. At least you know get enrolled because. You can pick, like, I think the commitment is that you have to do, you have to work three days. And by work, it's like volunteer, most of it, most of it, unless you get like a paid job. I, I 
did get hired by the NFL to work opening night, which was freaking amazing. Um, Another really cool. Yeah. That was another mind blowing, awesome experience. But I was going to tell you is you, you can, you should sign up because you can do your shifts like together. You can, you, you know, do two shifts, like a double shift one day. So, so no matter if you're at like the NFL experience or usually the cities have these community events, right? Like where it's open to, people who aren't going to the game, but they just build this whole kind of free experience for the public versus the NFL experience, which you pay to go into. But maybe you can like sign up and see what the schedules look like, because technically you could do, if it's still a three day, a three shift commitment, you can like fly down or drive down and do um, like a full day Saturday, you know, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon shift, Sunday morning shift, and then leave on Monday. You know what I mean? So like a lot yeah. of people did that. There are people for, for this host committee, people came from California that were working. People from California came just wow. to do a shift at the host. Yeah. At the NFL host experience. So I met people from all over the place that are super committed. And there are people that um, I met one, one um, woman there who's a friend of mine now who's worked I think this was like her sixth Super Bowl. She just signs up to all the host committees and she just goes across the country to wherever the game is and she'll just go be there for a couple of days and then to be, you know, in the whole thing. And then she uh, goes back home. So that's also people that are super committed to working all of the experiences. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to, I'll have to wait and see what next, next year is going to look like, what February is going to look like. Um, and there are some yeah. like mandatory trainings usually like the week, the one or two weeks before or two or three weeks before the, the game, there's some trainings and things that you have to go to. So I'm going to see, we'll see how next year goes. If I can find like a cheap Airbnb or split, um, which a lot of people did, young people would come and split hotels for like two or three days so that they can work and then they, they all leave. So yeah, I'm going to look, I'm going to look into that, but, um, you should okay. too. You should too. It doesn't hurt to. It doesn't hurt to at least sign up for it, and then, and then see what um, Tampa yeah, Bay, Tampa Bay, LV, is dot com is the Tampa Super Bowl host. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that would be amazing if you could do that. Yeah, I'll look into it, and then the year it's, after that is in LA, and. Yep. I just that's like my second favorite city, like LA. So definitely look into this one and especially the next one. Yeah, because again, it's it's it certainly is the alternative to spending thousands of dollars to go to the game. And actually yeah. and actually what's interesting too is there are NFL paid paid positions. Like the people that set up the stage, they get paid to do that. You know, the, the halftime show stage. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. I believe uh, they get no, paid that to do that. Forever. Actually, they, it's like 700 people and they have to build the stage in, I think, one minute. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. For real. And they practice with like cardboard pieces. They practice assembling with it, like cardboard cutout pieces. And they, yeah, it's like six or 700 people and you have to go. Um, it's, I think it's for seven, seven days. This might be super inaccurate to anyone that's listening. It's like, it's, I think it's six or seven days in a row for like three hours or something like that, where you have mm-hmm. to go. It's mandatory that you go to all of these rehearsals of, you really only have like one minute to pull it together and take it apart after the halftime show. It is, it is, it is, Man. it is something to behold. Yeah. Practice, it is so, practice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's, I believe that's an, I believe that's a paid position. So it's, it's something else to look into. And the NFL just needs to like hire these people. They usually hire people that are um, in this NFL. There's like a portal, either the host committee portal or like an NFL portal. And you just need to be in that portal. Once you're in that portal, it's much easier to be in the know of these types of 
opportunities and positions and stuff like that. I guess one last thing I'm going to ask is, I guess, are you rooting for the Heat versus the Pacers since you're a Miami-based person? I am rooting for the Heat, yes. I love, I mean, the Heat games are awesome. I've been to, you know, a bunch of the playoff games when, again, back in the day when uh, we can still go to the games. And they're just so exciting. It's yeah, I'm oh, I'm yeah. for sure I'm yeah, I'm definitely rooting for the Heat. And then whenever the last hopefully the Heat is still standing at the end. If they're not, then yeah, I'll default to some weird selection process of who I'm gonna be, you know, it's what just team gonna I'm gonna come be rooting to you for. One day. Yeah, I mean I also look at you know, I also kind of have this order of okay if it's if it's not the if it's not the team that i'm currently following and really excited about and it's a different team i'm like okay have i been to that city have i lived in that city do i have good friends in that city if i do then that's the team i i root for so it's kind of pretty yeah, much that's an that. interesting process i but mean how do, you, just... how do you do it though how do you and i think right and i think that's probably what like super super hardcore hardcore um sports fans are probably like that's you know but What's your process? So you have two teams that you're not super in, like emotionally invested in at all. Make uh, it to yeah, playoff. it, it goes by. It goes by if my like favorite teams are in it. Like favorite team is the Wizards, home team, and after that is the Thunder. Of course, I like LeBron, so definitely not rooting for them. And then whoever I like dislike, the the Warriors aren't in it. The Spurs aren't in it. So it's it's pretty much Thunder Lakers and then whoever else. But what if like none of those teams that you liked were in it? I think I'll just ride the momentum, like ride the wave and just see who's who's playing well and then I'll just go with that. So more bandwagon style, like okay, this team is just happens to be doing well, I'm just gonna root for that team. Yeah, yeah kinda like the the play in games. I started, you know, liking the Suns a little bit because they went eight and zero. They went eight and zero to get back into the race, mm-hmm. and they were just like one game away from being in the playoffs. Right. So I was following them, but but so far it's, it's Thunder and Lakers because I went to school in Oklahoma, so. Okay, so yeah, because you went to school there, and that's audit, you know, like by kind of sort of by default, that's a team that you would root for, right? Right. So yeah, and I think with NFL, what's interesting about that is, and and my my friends that are really uh, big sports fans, they they really that, um, that one's easier. It's it is it, easier. But my my again, I default my default selection is very weird, and my friends will give me a hard time about it because. So, for example, like in NFL, right, certain teams are just mortal enemies of other teams, like the end, right? So if one of your teams, like if your team doesn't make it and one of your, you know, your team's mortal enemies does make it, then you automatically cannot root for that team, no matter how good they are. Which I get it. And it's a lot have to do with like the conferences and things like this, right? So teams in the same conferences and stuff like that. But for me, and I understand that, I really do, that I don't think of it that way. And I think it's because I'm less, I guess I'm just less uh, educated on the, the, specific nuance between the team all of these different teams and all of the different conferences right so for me it's like okay you gotta be creative i know but the thing is people will give me a really hard time like um oh wow (laughs) yeah no but for example for here's a here's an example like what what are your thoughts on the patriots see i don't i don't mind them like most people it their (laughs) super bowl against the falcons I didn't have any rooting interest interest until they came back, and then I started rooting for the Patriots. A lot of respect for Tom Brady. <laughs> right. So I think – so, and that's the thing. I think it was like the, the, the Patriots – I forget who they were playing, but this person's like a really big Dolphin fan, and they were like, you cannot root for the Patriots because you're a Dolphin fan. And I'm like, but Dolphins are not playing right now. And right. I'm like, so I have to, why, I, I lived in Boston for, for a little bit, and Patriots, have you been to 
Patriots place. In, um, in, I, it is so stadium. intense. Those Patriots fans. It's going to another football stadium on a game day is like so intense. So I, I was at Patriots yeah. place on a Sunday on a game day. And Patriots place is so cool because you can see right into the field from like the mall. And uh-huh. I was there on a game day. And these fans, though, you, you know, they're Patriots fans are like a lot of football fans, but I think Patriots fans are up there along with Jet fans. Jet fans are intense too, but I think yeah. Patriots fans are really intense and there's something really fun. It almost converts. Like if you hate the Patriots and you go there, you just kind of get sucked into a little bit. It's so much fun. So, and yes, and like you can't, Tom Brady's like a machine, right? And yeah. so, I mean, yeah, serious. And also we have to talk about him leaving the Patriots because, well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean he, he's going to a stacked offense with uh, Gronk and yeah. Mike Evans, <laughs> yep. Godwin. It's I'm waiting to see what they're going to do. The thing is, they got the Saints in their division, and they're loaded as well. So I'm not sure if they're going to get anything better than a wild card, but that's just me. Yeah, I'm. you know, I'm always interested in – seeing how teams handle these types of situations where a powerhouse like Brady leaves a team after a thousand fifty five million Super Bowl rings and then goes to you know a different team. I always think, okay, what will happen now to the Patriots, right? And you know, is Tom Brady just just moving his legacy to another team and now it's like okay let's win some championships here now yeah that's a major talking point across the board yeah Yeah, any nfl fan yep yep and it you know when i think about the nba you know when lebron left miami right people were like of course pissed but he went back home if you will and he got them a championship he got them the championship so yeah, that right? was one of my favorite finals of all time. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's so LeBron is such a dream to watch play. Like he's so yeah, he's he's so, and I've met him in person, and he's awesome. Um, oh man, yeah, I met a lot of, and I'll tell you a funny story. So remember when Michael Jordan was playing for the Wizards? Oh yeah, definitely. I went to one of those games. And the night that I went, they retired, the Wizards retired his number. And I was like, we'll never forget that for the rest of my life. And then I saw Michael Jordan, like, in person, like, 50 feet away from me. And it was, I mean, I did catch my breath for, like, two seconds because you're just like, (laughs) whoa. Yeah, it was really, like, it was very, like, impressionable. It was just very is that Michael Jordan in real life? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and his head's really shiny and his smile, and I'm just like, oh, my goodness. I mean, I kept my cool. You know, I, I, was, I was calm and cool and collected. But he was, I'm not even kidding, like 25 feet in front of me, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that was some so, great seats. Yeah, so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see, like, how Tom Brady – does and what that's and just that whole team i mean there's so many i'm I'm excited i'm excited to see what's going to happen i really really i'm excited to see what's going to happen with it is definitely messy tv definitely Mm -hmm. messy tv and yeah i hope that they they figure out this bubble situation so that we can get some good football games this fall and into you know the into the um post season but have you, is there a, uh, a, a basketball or any athlete that you've met that was like the, a very cool experience? Um, I know I met Karan Butler when he ran a camp in high school. And that was cool. Uh, of course, going to University of Oklahoma, do you see, you see those guys all the time, like Baker yeah. Mayfields and the, Kyler Murray's and I even got to 
even got to do workouts with the 2011 team. So it's just a bunch of sweet future NFL players. Oh, yeah. It's you know, so Bob cool to see Stoops, them in that. that was, yeah. Wow. I think Bob Stoops was the biggest one. Yeah. And I had to see him up close and speak to him a few times. That's awesome. So, yeah. Mo- mostly, mostly Sooners. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Yeah. I think seeing players is, you know, seeing the players in college and then kind of watching their career unfold is very, very cool. When I was um, over the summer and when I was during the summer session of grad school, I remember um, I was staying in one of the dorms for this fellowship that I did. And I remember, I think I can't remember if it was like the, at some point, it was like a two week fellowship and I was in this, this specific dorm and it's where the Georgetown basketball players were staying as they were getting ready for their season. And I just remember, you know, seeing them and thinking, okay, there is, there could very well be a big star here. You know, if there's, you just don't really know, but um, yeah, it's, it's very cool to see players in college really killing it and then making it, you know, into, 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 you know, pro level and doing an amazing job. So that's awesome. Yes. Especially a program like Oklahoma, where it's just it's so many of them. Right. Like, you know, George, I love their program. Grew up a fan until pretty much I got to college. So you got Jeff Green and Roy Hibbert and, all those guys, Otto Porter. Awesome. Damn, just, yeah. just love their program. Well, well, there's nothing else. I thank you for coming on the show and hope to be on your podcast soon. Just have to uh, touch bases on that. So yeah, I'll, for sure. For sure. I'll send you an email so that we can um, – we can coordinate that. Yeah. Cause I would love to just hear about you and how, you know, your podcast came about and, you know, your process and things like that. It would be really awesome. Yeah. And by the way, you have some great stories. I, I, you probably have many more. You have no idea. <laughs> I can't goodness. even imagine. The stories that I have, the things that I have seen. Oh boy. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Cause my, all the athletes come to Miami, like all, almost all. And it, they, it's somewhere I've always wanted to go, but just haven't been yet. Well, you have a friend here now and I have a, a sofa bed, so you're welcome to, Oh, that sounds good. I come on it. down and crash on my couch. Um, and yeah, I mean, no, and I'm dead serious about that. You are very, very welcome. I live uh, one mile from the beach and um, I have, yeah, I'll be here. I'm, I'm going to be here. I travel quite a bit, but I'm just here now and who knows <laughs> with COVID. But, um, but yeah, I'm here. And as long as I have this place, you are 100% welcome. But yeah, all the athletes can, I'll tell you one funny story. You ready? This is more of a a soccer story. So my friend Gail, she, I'm, um, we have our origin story of our friendship is the most epic origin stories of friendships ever. So, um, another friend of mine, Charmaine and I, we were at a very popular sushi restaurant, um, in, in South Beach on Lincoln Road, which is like a pedestrian, outdoor pedestrian uh, mall, you know, lots of outdoor seating and things like that. And it was an evening time. And she and I, my friend Charmaine and I, we were just there to catch up, like catching up, whatever. I think we had been someplace else and then we wanted to get a bite to eat. So, and next to us, there was a woman sitting there, blonde woman just sitting there and my friend Charmaine and I were very talkative people. We're friendly people. And I talk to everyone. I love, I talk to strangers all the time in bars, restaurants, whatever. So started making conversation with this woman, Gail. And she's great. Canadian, super fun. Really just, we just kind of hit it off. And I wasn't, my friend Charmaine went home, but I wasn't quite ready to go home yet. 
And I said to her, somehow we got into the conversation about celebrities in Miami and how David Beckham was in town because, you know, he's trying to get his team off the ground, you know, the Miami, Miami league. What the hell is it called? Oh my goodness. Um, uh, Inter Miami, I believe. Yeah, 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 exactly. And um, thank you for that. Cause I, I even have a t-shirt about it and I just had a, uh, a, a I moment where I just blanked out. I forgot about them because they weren't in the bubble this season. Yeah. So. I, I, I need to, I need to um, kind of tap into that space I a little bit more because I'm just so, <laughs> I've no, honestly, I have no idea. I'm very out of the loop with what's going on in, in that, in that, in that sport. Um, so my friend and I, we started talking about David Beckham and how much she, how much she loved David Beckham, right? Millions of people love David Beckham. And I said, yeah, I heard he's at this place called um, Soul House or something. And this is where he goes and yada, yada. Anyway, she and I decided we were going to go to this other party that I heard, or not necessarily a party, but like it's a, I can't even remember what night of the week it was, but like Miami, you know, there's every night there's something going on somewhere or used to be. So we walk over to this hotel, to this popular party that's always happening on that week. And we were kind of in there. It was really crowded. It was packed. And we were just about to leave when I ran into another friend of mine. And he's like, oh, did you see David Beckham? And I'm like, what? What? He's like, yeah, did you see David Beckham? I'm like, no, where is he? He's like over there against the wall sitting on the, on the booth thing with a bunch of security guards. So I'm very, I'm very tall. So I, and, I was, and I think I was wearing heels that night. So I'm super tall at this point. And I saw him. And I looked at my, you know, my new friend, Gail. And I said, oh, my God, David Beckham is in the room with us. And she's like, oh my goodness. She's like, no way. Cause she's a really, she loves him. Like loves him. I said, well, if he walks by me, I'm going to stop him and I'm going to talk to him. She's like, no. I'm like, oh yes. Yes, I will. Oh. oh, I will. Well, turns out David Beckham uses the bathroom like everybody else. And oh. as, his, as his huge, <laughs> as his huge security guard, like huge, like, you know, linebacker size, like 300 pounds, whatever, is starting to get, make his way through the crowd. And guess where David Beckham walks right through? Right where I was standing. Wow. So I stopped him and I said, hi, David Beckham. I'm Angela. It's nice to meet you. And I shook his hand and he said, nice to meet you too. And my friend Gail just looked at me like, what the hell just happened? Oh, yeah. (laughs) He went to the bathroom and my friend and I, we were already kind of getting ready to leave. So, you know, she already, oh, and I think she shook his hand too, I believe. Cause she was just awestruck, you know, starstruck. So what? we, yeah. So we start leaving and we're making our way through the crowd and we, we get outside. So it was like a, like an enclosed area with like open doors. And then you step out to like where the pool is with all these palm trees and just decorative things all over the place. And as we start, as we get outside, David Beckham was on his way back and walks by us again, except this time my friend Gail, her foot was, um, she was, you know how like sometimes the palm trees are in the ground and they have the tiles around the palm trees. She, she misstepped. She, so it's just like a palm. So you have like tiles and then they have palm trees and to like cover the dirt, like to protect the dirt they just put like pretty tiles around it just decorative whatever and like lights and stuff like spotlights coming out because it was nighttime she 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 saw him walking right back at us and she took a step and almost fell down and david beckham runs over like reaches over and basically grabs her arm and he's like are you okay (laughs) oh (laughs) my goodness she was it was it was she 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 just looked at him like she was just she had nothing she didn't know what to say yeah so and he was just smiling I think he thought that she was tripping because it's you know it's David Beckham but I I think I saw her foot hit one of the tiles wrong and the timing of it looked like she was falling over for David Beckham but um yeah, so he saved her, basically. <laughs> and when he goes back inside, there's this another girl standing there, and she's like, 
I would have fallen to the ground. I would have been like, pick me up, carry me. It was the funniest Like thing. an NBA flop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's that was like the first night I ever met Gail. And that was like five or six years ago now. She, she, you know, she's a good friend, but um, that's our origin story. You know, we were talking about David Beckham and next thing you know, we're meeting David Beckham and she's like... <laughs> So, Yo, that's one for the ages. Isn't it? And she tells the story to everyone. And I love the story as well. But she, <laughs> and I told the story to like my male friends all over the world to have friends in Trinidad and things like that that are just like, David Beckham is like, he's a demigod. Like he's a semi, demi, semi, whatever, God, you know? Right. And yeah, and like they, they've been, they've been worshiping David Beckham for a thousand years and they're just like how do you how do you get to meet david beckham i'm like i don't know <laughs> so see he's a little bit before my time like i didn't really know much about him until he went to la galaxy and that's like past his prime yeah i mean I, like same i don't i can't i can't honestly say that i was watching games that he played on back in the day because i don't know how old i was you know um so I, have I seen him play? Yes. But have I been following his entire career since he started? Like people that are very, very big, you know, football fans. And I'm football as in not soccer, you know. But, oh, um, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know what you mean. That's another thing that um, is a conversation piece, right? Uh, I, lived, I lived in West Africa for two years and it's, fo- I mean, football is, it's, it's football like that's it's just you thing. know it is the and it's you, the context yeah yeah if pay i say soccer people just look yeah. at me like no absolutely not like get, go walk out of this room with that nonsense right so <laughs> do not bring all of that suckerness in here it's American football I'm like, <laughs> yeah so so i and i prefer to call it football because it just makes sense to me <laughs> there's a game that you play with your foot well, and only well, your foot yeah. so Right. So, you know, for me, it's it's I, I used to be more inter- interchangeable about it. Now I default to football first and then mention soccer if I have to make a distinction between American football. But um, but yeah, I have a lot of stories <laughs> like that. I've, I've been it's been awesome because I've had the chance to meet so many athletes that I've admired and that are just bigger than life. And then you see them in person and it's like, Whoa. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's, it's, and of course that makes me, you know, you're, you're almost a forever fan at that point because you, you know, you meet them in person. They're just like the nicest people. Dwayne Wade is one of the most phenomenal people ever. And I've met him many, many times and he's just cool. He's just a cool guy Miami through and through. Legend. Yeah, he's just a cool guy through and through. And you just, like, that's it. Like, obviously, he's out of basketball right now. But I'm like, I'll root for whatever you do. Like, I'm rooting for you, Gabrielle, your family. Like, I'm just, I'm a fan. Like, right on. You're an awesome person, right? So I think having those experiences. And, of course, you know, after this, after meeting David Beckham in person, I'm like, I've always, yeah, I, I, I like David Beckham, but now I'm like, I like David Beckham even more and I follow him more closely now. You know what I mean? Just because you've had that personal interaction. So yeah, yeah. lots of, lots of fun, interesting stories. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no man, that was, no, that was pretty cool. Uh, thanks for that. But yeah, I guess, I guess that's all I have. Uh, thanks. Thanks once again. And I'll, I'll talk to you soon.